1: Hey everyone, this is Roman Prokopchuk and this is the Digital Savage Experience Podcast. Today I have with me Brian Clayton. Brian is the CEO and co-founder of GreenPal, an online marketplace that connects homeowners with local lawn care professionals as well as having industry experience selling a company in the space. So really interesting story
0: and thank you for joining me today. Hey Roman, thanks for having me on man. Great to be here.
1: My pleasure. So tell me a little bit about your journey. How did you get to where you are today?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I was drug kicking and screaming into entrepreneurship by my father when I was 15 years old. He forced me to go mow the neighbor's yard on a hot summer day one day because he was tired of looking at me uh, playing Mario Kart on the couch. And so he made me go cut the neighbor's grass because uh, he negotiated the price. He negotiated the terms. And, uh, and and I went over there and mowed it. And after that, I was hooked on entrepreneurship. Uh, by the end of that summer, I had like half a dozen lawn mowing customers in the neighborhood. And I stuck with that lawn service all through high school, all through college, and actually grew it into a real business. Uh, When I graduated college, I had to make a decision. Was I going to stop mowing grass and go take a job in the job market and take a pay cut, or was I just going to double down on this lawn mowing business? Luckily, I did, and I just kind of figured it out as I went. Over a 15-year period of time, I grew that into the, one of the largest landscaping businesses in the state of Tennessee, uh, over 150 employees, $10 million in revenue, and uh, in 2013, it was acquired by one of the largest landscaping companies in the United States. So taking that business from zero to 10 million in revenue, just myself and a push mower to 150 people. I learned a lot about how to just build a company from scratch and things like leadership, management, marketing, uh, operations, just all the hard way just through trial and error. And uh, after I sold that business, I took a year off, uh, well, about six months off and I retired and I I just wanted to get back in the game. I wanted to start something else. I knew that I needed to be working on something, and so I recruited two co-founders and started working on GreenPal, which is like the Uber for lawn mowing. It's a platform marketplace that connects homeowners with local lawn care services, and been doing this about seven years.
1: Nice. And how is kind of like the current global situation, or at least in the U.S., obviously different states are at different, you know, levels of lockdown or, you know, things in terms of not being able to uh, be done. How is that impacted the whole, you know, company?
0: Yeah, so if 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 you're in the crosshairs of covid my heart goes out to you you know if you're in travel restaurant accommodations anything like related to those industries you just got you got hollowed out by this luckily for us it's actually helped our business um you know we're going to do 20 million dollars in revenue this year uh, and so we're doubling every single year and we uh, we're going to hit and actually surpass our our targets a little bit so we're kind of riding the wave of this contactless ordering kind of invisible commerce, uh, you know, Postmates, Instacart, DoorDash, Uber Eats, you know, these companies are all having like record banner years and and raising tons of capital on the back of that. And so we're, we're kind of, we kind of have the wind at our back in terms of people just, they don't want to like give a grass cutting service cash and meet with them face to face anymore. They just, they, they know that they can get on Instacart and get their grocery shopping done. So they're looking for ways to get this other chore done and uh, just stumbling across our, our website or our mobile app and, and actually using it and trying it even though they never heard of it. So it's actually helped us luckily, um, but uh, my heart goes out to all the other business owners that, that, are, having, that are struggling right now.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. And in terms of kind of the concept, obviously a people economy concept and in terms of like social distancing and everything going on, it's it's a great model is that something you thought of in the past even before you you know founded it in terms of an idea like creating a marketplace or was that after you were you know sold the company and for those 6 months retired is that something that you know you started thinking about
0: yeah, that's a great question. So we're seven years into this business where the definition of a seven year overnight success, uh, we, the first three or four years is a struggle uh, getting this marketplace going. In fact, we were only in Nashville, Tennessee, where, where we live uh, for the first three years, just trying to get the model right, trying to get the product right. And uh, so like, it, it has iterated along the way. But the vision like in 2013, to what it is today is like is no different. It, like the idea of it just—it just should, should be easier to get this like chore done um, than it is. Like you shouldn't have to call around all over, like Google or Facebook or Yelp. You should just be able to push a button and get it done. And then on the flip side of that transaction, like making your living in the lawn mowing business is really hard, and there's all these problems that exist that nobody sees, and like no software or marketplace existed for that. And so I was kind of like solving my own problem. I knew this problem existed. I saw it for 15 years. And so in my first business, you know, as we grew from just a a small lawn mowing company to a huge landscaping outfit, we we no longer service residential clientele anymore, but we would still get dozens, sometimes a hundred phone calls a day, people looking for basic lawn mowing services and nobody would return their phone call, as crazy as that sounds. And so we would just refer out names of small business owners, small lawn mowing services in in town and became kind of this referral network. And so I saw that work in analytics And I just knew that like, okay, you know, I saw what Uber and Airbnb were doing for these analog types of transactions. I knew that this sort of app and online marketplace needed to exist. Somebody was going to build it. So the idea was always kind of there in the back of my head. And then when I decided, okay, I'm going to start my second company, this one became an obvious idea. And I recruited two co-founders and we just went to work on it.
1: Yeah, it's awesome. So what motivates you to succeed currently? Obviously, those motivations may have changed over time, but what currently motivates you to succeed?
0: That's, that's a good question. It's one I, I think about a lot. Um, you know, in the beginning, you're starting a business, let's be honest, it's 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 money. Like you want to make money. Uh, I think 99% of business owners that want to like try to ascribe some sort of altruistic, higher purpose to business, I think are like, are, are fooling themselves or they just think that that's what people want to hear. But like, it's, it's about making money in, in most businesses. Like one of my favorite quotes is, is Warren Buffett. He says like money is not everything, but just make sure you make enough before you speak such nonsense. And so for me, like the first business I started, you know, I just wanted to make enough money to do the things I wanted to do. And then as I grew that company, yeah, it became more about like the people in that business and the culture. And that was a lot of fun. So there were some other things that motivated me, but like making a good living and and becoming financially independent was a lot of the thrust. Now, fast forward, Green Pal, I, I am in a unique position where, um, I don't have to work. I don't like. I, I. In fact, I've been working on this business for seven years, and I haven't worked a day in seven years. Like it's what I want to do. It's what I enjoy doing. I enjoy leading the team we have here with the 23 people now, and, and I enjoy seeing the the platform grow, and I enjoy seeing small business owners getting value from it. And so for now, like like it's a uh, it's almost an irrational obsession. That I have to, to make this company work and to make it be successful on a, on a large scale. So that's what, what motivates me now. It's like, I want to build something big and that's lasting and that a lot of people get value from and that small business owners can just plug into and make material income on. Like these are the things that motivate me now, but it didn't start that way. Like it started, like I just, I just wanted to get money.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I mean, at the end of the day, you know, they say money is the root of all evil, but it's what you do with it. So if you have more money, if you become, you know, financially stable and you start living out more of your passions, if you're not truly living them while you're, you know, earning, some people do, some people don't. And then you can do more good with obviously more capital in terms of nonprofits, in terms of passion projects. And if you kind of do it to, you know, not be successful. I mean, Money is a direct result of success. Theoretically, for, for the most part, if your business is successful, you're scaling it, you're making more money. And the more money you have, the more you can do. I mean, some people have, you know, selfish wants or desires, which is fine in terms of material things and some, things like that. But if you truly want to change the world or be a heart-led entrepreneur or leave a legacy and, you know, be a mentor, you know, the more capital you have, the more you can, you know, scale and reach more people that way.
0: Absolutely. I, I agree a hundred percent, you know, um, money's just going to make you more of what you already are. And so if you're like in your DNA, a generous person, it's going to make you so much more generous. If you're a selfish kind of bitter person, it might make you more that. And so for me, you know, like granted, like my businesses have been like the thing that is, has caused me to be a humble person. Like starting a business is, is, uh, is one of the most hum- like humbling things you'll ever do. But you know, now, now this business is going well, uh, I'm able to take a step back and do some mentoring, do some coaching for free for other business owners here in Nashville where I live as a hobby. And that's a lot of fun for me. You know, I, I you know, anybody from like, I, I just started coaching this guy who is uh, starting a woodworking shop and he just quit his full-time job and he's making this artisan like craft, uh, uh, furniture. And I'm like teaching him about, you know processes and, and, and scalability and repeatability and marketing and all these things. And it's a lot of fun seeing him succeed. So if I didn't like have like the money to like donate that time, then this guy might may, may not uh, have ac- access to that kind of knowledge from me. So like, I agree, you know, like it, it, it's, it's, it's like any, if you look at any city or community that's flourishing, a lot of times, all the time, it's like the small businesses are winning at the core of that community or city.
1: Yeah, I agree. So, what's one thing you may have seen as a weakness in yourself in the past that you've turned around and utilized as a strength today?
0: Yeah, a lot of weaknesses. Um, you know, I'm like the hardest working lazy person I know. You know, like when it comes to like getting in the trenches and hustling, like I I will grind. But it's is I can also be lazy. Like I can I can have m- like days, weeks, months where where I'm just lethargic. So, one thing that I have done that's helped me kind of like stay, uh, stay consistent and keep the momentum is I'll put these forcing functions in front of me that I have to kind of like trip over. And so for example, like in our current business, GreenPal, um I know the, I know the, the value of PR. I know like how important PR is to, uh, to getting this platform to grow, but I hate, reaching out to journalists. I hate doing outreach. I hate uh, the things that go into it. So I just don't do it. But I have a coach that I've hired that, and she makes $250 an hour that coaches us on our PR strategy. And so I have to meet this lady like once every two weeks and do a session with her and like talk about what we're doing on as far as PR and just that accountability of knowing I'm going to give this lady $250 for an hour of her time. That is a forcing function that, that, causes action upstream and so uh, it's, it's so it's an example of taking like a weakness and like turning it into a positive and like and now we're getting all of this stuff done we, we, we have a really good PR strategy and uh, it never would have happened if I kind of just had done it half-assed to begin with so it was almost like the reckoning of knowing that I w- wasn't getting done that I, I then put in this forcing function now we've got a really good strategy going and so that's something I do in my personal life, my business life, like I'll hire coaches or consultants or or people that are really good at what they do and they just kind of like are placed in my calendar and placed in my in my path that cause me to do the things we're supposed to be doing, you know, myself personally and also my team.
1: Yeah. And it's one of those things I think everybody can get unmotivated or lazy at times or take your you know foot off the pedal like you have a certain level of success where things are going great. Let me just like reward myself and get a little complacent. I think it's human nature to do so and get very comfortable, but then kind of recalibrating and recalibrating that getting yourself out of your comfort zone. And someone may not want to do every component of business. I mean, you may not enjoy, like there's a lot of outreach and and booking and behind the scenes things to book an interview or a media appearance or find the right show. So there's a lot of that that goes into it and having a strategy and and fulfilling it is is the key. I mean, then if you actually start something, you can, you know, pivot, you can see your findings, but if you don't have anything in the market or a plan uh, or a strategy, you can't really... Do anything with it and then taking advantage of what you're given. So me personally, I have this show. I mean, I have a business as well. And then other things that I do, but I go on a lot of interviews as well. And I could have just been like, okay, well, I'm going to take my foot off the pedal during this whole lockdown and stuff. So, you know, since March, I've done about 50 interviews. So if I didn't take my foot off the pedal and then got opportunities because everybody's more reachable, they're at home. They don't mind. And, and it, in this sense, you can scale and reach people that you may have not normally, you know, reached as, you know, to have a guest on the show or to be on that, you know, media outlet.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, like I love guys like Tony Robbins and, and another guy I read is, is Jim Rohn. And like they all talk about goals. You got to set goals. If you don't have a goal, you can't win. And that's great. Like we need to have goals. But man, nobody talks about. The grind that goes into getting that goal and and how you're going to hold, hold yourself accountable to that grind. And like for me, it's like it's it's the output metric, whatever that goal is, but it's the, it's the input metrics that go into that goal. So maybe maybe your goal is you want to double sales this year for your business. It's like, OK, that's a great goal. Let's let's get it. Well, okay, what are the input metrics that are going to go into doubling sales? Okay, well, all right, we we, we get our customers via, you know, uh, word of mouth. Okay, well, how are we going to spur more word of mouth? Well, okay, we could uh, maybe somehow encourage people to refer people. Okay, all right, well, how are we going to do that? Well, we need to, like, build this referral engine. Okay, what are the things we need to do to build a referral engine? The first thing we need to do is sketch it out or look for a SaaS solution. Like, these are all the little things you need to do to, like, get there. And then hold yourself accountable to doing those input metrics is, is, is how you can achieve the goal. And I mean, first, yeah, you gotta start with a goal and that's what everybody says. Okay, that's great. But like, what are the things you're going to be doing on a daily basis to, to inch your way there is the stuff that kind of awesome, like gets glossed over a lot. And, uh, and for me, like, you know, I'm not the most motivated guy. So like, I have to put in forcing functions to hold myself accountable, to do those input metrics on a daily basis.
1: Yeah, and I think it's important to get those goals out of your head because oftentimes yeah. 20, 30, 40 years ago or down the line, somebody still has that idea in their head. What if, you know, I started this company or ran with it or built this? So I think to achieve any level of success regardless of the size of your company, or if you're a solopreneur, it's, it's speed. I mean, that, that's one of the things you have as leverage as, you know, a small business owner, you know, having a company or an individual, the, the faster you can get that idea out and test it and then pivot or scale it is the faster that you can, you know, get to where you want to go.
0: Yeah. The time's going to go by regardless, you know, if we're lucky enough to, to, to live the 10 years it takes to start a company, um, you gotta like, you can't, you can't beat yourself up about how long this is going to take. The time is going to go by regardless. Like my two co-founders worked at Dell computer in a cubicle before starting this company. And yeah, they took a big pay cut when, when, when we started and, and you know, it was three years before we got any kind of real revenue going. We weren't able to pay ourselves anything for the first three or four years. And like, we really beat ourselves up those first years because it was just like, damn, what are we doing? But now here we are seven years later. Like the, the days are long and the years are short. And and I just the other day when I was looking back, I was looking back, it's like, damn, man, I'd still be in that damn cubicle if we had not started seven years ago. So it's it's like the time's gonna go by regardless. You're gonna spend this decade doing something, you might as well be working on your business and 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 building something from scratch because it's gonna go by quick.
1: Yeah, and, and when you start, you know, if I look back in terms of starting my podcast, if I could, I would have started it five years prior to when I started. Just because of one competition, two, I had all these preconceived like things that I was concerned about, like the technical back end of it, the editing, the promotion of it, the time consumption, the syndicating it to all the platforms, and it was just like, yeah, I want to do it, but then you know, I'll push it back, and it's one of those things where if you're comfortable, you keep pushing it back and keep pushing it back, but you could have had all that time to scale and grow, and how much bigger can you have done something or pivoted to something else? in that time that you kind of, you know, pushed it back.
0: Yeah, exactly. And 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 you just nailed something that, that, that trips up a lot of people, myself included, is you just get, uh, you get overwhelmed with all the, all the crap that doesn't matter. You know, like you said, how, how am I going to syndicate it? Well, how am I going to make the video like, you know, 1080 HD or whatever. And like all this stuff you don't know, like you gotta look at like, uh, the founder of Airbnb, he, 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 he gave a talk one time and he had a good analogy. He's like, look at business like a video game. And you know, Oh, I don't play video games. Well, we all play super Mario brothers. And you remember like that first level, you know, the first couple of times you tried it, it, you couldn't get past it. It was a little hard, but just get started on that first level. You don't even need to worry about level three, four, five, and six. You don't even need to worry about Bowser at the end of level 12. You just need to get through level one and level one just might be, uh, working on it five hours every afternoon and getting some kind of prototype out the door, or it might just be trying to, uh, do whatever it is you're doing for a customer for free, just to learn, like get through level one and then focus on level two. And, and that's how you can kind of hold yourself to, to, to get things done. If you just really look at it, like I don't need to worry about anything else until I get this one thing done and collect my first dollar. And then I can worry about the other things. And it's, it's, it's tough, man, because there's so much out there. There's so much stuff you can listen to. There's so many gurus, gurus, Uh, that can, that you can just get overwhelmed by, but at the end of the day, none of that, a lot of that BS doesn't matter. Just get started and get past level one.
1: Yeah. Or or even taking it, taking that thought and actually jotting it down. And then, like you said, some of the things like a roadmap or some kind of strategy of what you need before you even get it off the ground and I think one of the things people are afraid of when they start a business or uh, scale in terms of having a current full-time job and then having the side hustle that they want to become a company is they don't have the time. I mean, I think you can always make the time if, if you're really passionate about it. So, Oh
0: yeah, man. I mean, this concept of work-life balance in the early days of a business is a myth. Uh, the first, you know, the first two or three years is going to be really, really, really tough. You know, you're gonna be, you know, maybe you're working a 30, a 40 hour job, uh, but you know what, I mean, y- you can work nights and weekends on this thing to get it going and you're gonna have to. And you know, business is a, is a beautiful thing because it's one thing anybody can do to make something of themselves. You know, there's, there, you know, maybe you're not a, talent, like, maybe like me, you don't have a whole lot of talent, Uh, but business is accessible to us all and it can be the vehicle to make something of yourself. And as it turns out, it doesn't matter what you're doing. It's really hard to make something of yourself, but you can by starting a success, a successful business and it's accessible. It's just going to take a, it's going to take three or four years of really hard work, but it's always worth it.
1: Yeah, I agree. And and a lot of the time the, the personal aspect comes into play. So like right now I'm recording, okay. I'm making time to record, but I mean, in my personal life, I'm a foster parent. So since June of 2018, I've had 21 kids in my home. So all the stuff running around currently, uh, we had four and we just got, uh, five-year-old boy that was with us for eight months just got reunified with his dad but it's one of those things it's really rewarding and like you take things that you know if i think back three years from now you know i can never even you know foster one child let alone 21 in a two-year span but like learning from each child something and then applying it to my personal life to business to not taking things for granted or more of emotional empathy in terms of personal business relationships. But there's a lot of stuff that is going on, court cases, nurse visits, Mm. caseworker visits, And I still make everything work. So, I mean, me and my wife have a great process. And if we didn't have a process in terms of where the kids have to go, when they have to go, what we're doing, how we're spending time, and still allotting time to everything else in terms of passion projects and then running things, you know, it's doable if you really want to do it.
0: Absolutely. And and, and one way to look at it is, you know, your business, for me anyway, is the thing that causes me to level up. It is the thing. I mean, I'm not the same person today that I was seven years ago when I started GreenPow. And so, you know, you talk about processes with with running your household and, and and keeping all of that together. You know, business is nothing but processes. And so, it's just the sheer act of like you know, doing 50 interviews this year, you're probably better at all these other things in your life. Whereas if you were working some job you hated in a cubicle, that stuff bleeds into your personal life. But if you have a business that you, that you're that you are succeeding in, that you're passionate about, about, that enthusiasm does bleed into other parts of your life, like like family and friends. Uh, if you're spiritual, your church life, like all of these things, like it all comes together in the business, like your business, which is an extension of you can be like the thing that causes you to level up in, in all parts of your life. At least for me, it's the thing that causes me to read more, learn more, to try more things, to be more courageous, to, to turn off the TV and like read a book or keep the TV on YouTube and watch a podcast like this or a conference or something. If it wasn't for my business, I wouldn't do any of those investments into myself. And so, yeah, that's one beautiful thing I love about it is it causes you as a person to level up and be a better person.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it's a, it's a mindset shift. So not yeah. everybody can start a business or own a business. Some people are comfortable working in a cuticle or in a corporation, which is fine whatever situation is, you know, good for that, you know, 20, 30, 40 years, kind of that traditional model from back in the day, you graduate college, you find a company, you stay with that company until you retire. But a lot of people have those mindset sh- mindset shifts and just kind of like an entrepreneurial hunger. So like as a kid, you know, buying candy and flipping it and, and just different things in terms of like little business ventures and really becoming passionate about it. And I think without that, it's just like a learning, like you said, like a, a yearning to keep learning, to become a better person, not listening to, you know, some show, but like myself as well, listening to podcasts playing things or conferences in the background and then still consuming that information through the audio and then jotting down main points that I can go back on and expand. I think you can do anything. If you have the time, like I say, if I wake up tomorrow, I can change the destiny or the trajectory of where I'm headed. So.
0: Absolutely. And, and, you know, I don't want to like say business is for everybody. It's not, um, you know, there's many paths to living a successful life. However you, you define that. And, uh, but, but, you know, for somebody like me, you know. I was a C student in high school, I barely graduated college. And so like, no, I was never destined to do great things in the job market. Nobody was ever going to like pay me a bunch of money to do anything. And so for me, like business was the thing that I could just work really hard on and like make something of myself in my life. And, and not just for me, but for people that have worked worked with me, people my like business partners of mine, stakeholders of mine, people that use the products that, that, that I've helped create, like that's my purpose. And I think like every successful life at its core has a purpose and your, your business can be that purpose, but you know, I'm not knocking people that, that, that are, you know, like, I, you know, whoever was higher three, four, five, six, 10, 100 at Uber is, is, is living a great life. So, I mean, there's, there's multiple paths to success. Uh, for me, this was the one that worked for me.
1: Yeah, I agree. So what's one piece of advice you can leave with the audience, personal or professional?
0: yeah um if you know' was, we can keep it related to somebody maybe just who's listening to this that that is working a job that they that they're not fulfilled by they don't like, and they have this idea for something, and you know it, it, my 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 advice is like to have a bias towards action, spend less time planning and more time doing because it's only when you try something and it doesn't work is that when you is when you learn like I'm always meeting with entrepreneurs and business owners and they get like perplexed and and like paralyzed almost by analysis and yeah you do want to like sharpen the saw before you start chopping down the tree but at the end of the day like holding yourself accountable to have a bias towards action to get started and then as you get through your first year and 10 years like maintaining that bias towards action like okay let's try it out let's experiment and like not even like think about what the results are going to be only to like learn. And, and that that's the way to like get over that that hump to get started. Like it's not what you get, it's what you become. And, and by doing, you become something different by just, you know, like planning and thinking and writing and even, you know, like learning, like, yeah, that's great, but you're not going to become anything doing that until you try something and fail. And that, and it's okay to fail, but just get started
1: yeah I agree. And whatever you had planned for your life, maybe ten, fifteen years ago, it for most people, it doesn't go how you plan. That's, so like taking that taking that action and running it. Running with it, one of my favorite quotes is, "You know, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the mouth." Love so it. Like you, I think Mike Tyson said it. And yeah. like, what do you? Those are the most important points because a lot of people give up hope, say, "You know, this is dumb. Let me quit this because it's too hard." But you know, you had an initial plan. Okay, cool. What are you going to do? Are you going to get up? Are you going to learn from that? You know, setback. Are you going to pivot? It's you know, you can plan like you said as as much as you want. You can get your product or business as perfect as you want want before launch, but there's never going to be perfect. You need to launch it and see how the market reacts, you know, what the feedback is, what the data, and then you can do something with it, either scale it, pivot it, do something with it. But, you know, you will have challenges, you will have those punches and you can have the most planning you want. You can have a business model based on, you know, machine learning and artificial intelligence telling you all those scenarios, but there's always going to be that unknown.
0: Exactly. The way to, and the way to win is to not give up. It's an infinite game. It's going if it takes you the rest of your life to make this work, so be it. That's the the mentality you have to approach it as in the beginning.
1: Yeah, I agree. And if you look at a lot of the fortune companies in their industries, like their main reason why they're here is they outlasted.
0: Exactly. Some of them didn't necessarily <laughs> innovate. They just yeah, outlasted exactly. the competitors. So exactly. That's the way to win is to not give up. The first year, two, three years are going to be the hardest. Just know that. But it'll be worth it because the time's going to go by anyway.
1: Yeah, I agree. So I really appreciate you stopping by today. Can you let the audience know how they can find you?
0: Yes, sure. So anybody listening to this doesn't want to cut your grass, you can download GreenPal in the App Store or Play Store uh, or go to yourgreenpal.com. Anybody that wants to uh, you know, reach out to me, you can email me, brian at yourgreenpal.com or just find me on LinkedIn. And uh, I love giving feedback to business owners and entrepreneurs. So hit me up with your question. I'll be happy to respond.
1: Awesome. Thanks again for stopping by.
0: My pleasure. Thanks for having me on. I enjoyed it. This podcast has been brought to you by Nova Zora Digital. Find out how Nova Zora Digital can help your company grow online. Learn more at NovaZoraDigital.com. Until next time, all you digital savages.